All right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lachlan Coffee. I'm one of the pastors here. Welcome to Sojourn New Albany. And I just want to say before we kind of get started, I'm thankful for what the Holy Spirit's doing in this room this morning. It just feels like I just want to acknowledge God's presence here this morning in and amongst God's people. And so uh, let's just continue to let God do his thing this morning uh, as Terry and I try to do this thing now. All right. Um, so my name's Lachlan Coffee. This is my wife, Terry Coffee, the lovely, beautiful Terry Coffee, on the outside and inside and inside. Um, we're doing something a little bit different today. We are, we've been in the book of Matthew since the beginning of the year, you all might recall. Uh, we took a break in the summer. We touched on uh, the book of uh, Esther. Remember we had the blood cookies? If you don't know what I'm talking about uh, and feel uncomfortable right now. Uh, I can't remember the Habachuk, Habachuk, I think. Anyway. Yes. So uh, you can check those sermons out. We didn't spend some, a short amount of time in the book of Daniel. And we've been, the last couple of weeks, we've been in a, a short marriage series. And Pastor Bobby, Pastor Jonah preached the last two weeks. They did a fantastic job um, preaching about marriage, talking about what does a healthy marriage look like? What does a, an unhealthy marriage look like? Uh, Pastor Jonah reminded us last week that our spouses do not complete us, even though we all struggle at, at times with that. And today, we're doing something different. We're doing basically a Q&A. Uh, that stands for questions and answers. <laughs> Just joking. Of course it does. Okay, Q&A. Uh, <laughs> so, that, was, that was not a good joke. I know. Uh, so note to self, don't say it in second service. Okay. okay. Uh, we're going to do a Q&A. You all have done a fantastic job over the last couple months submitting questions to us. And there, there's, so, there's so many questions. We don't have time to go into all of them this morning, but we hand selected a few that we thought would be helpful to highlight. And then it all leads into something that Terry and I are launching here at Sojourn New Albany called Redeem Marriage. Redeem Marriage will be held, it's four, four over the next year. It's an event on Friday nights for married couples. And if you're single, you're more than welcome to come. It kind of gives you a glimpse into married life. Um, it's like a training ground for you uh, if you desire to be married one day. Um, it's uh, be Friday nights. The first one is September 13th, 12th. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, you're right, Friday the 13th. We got married on Friday the 13th. We did get married on Friday the 13th. Uh, it's at 6.30 p.m. September 13th. Details are, are in your bulletin. There is child care, hallelujah. It, it does cost money. It's still hallelujah, but less hallelujah. Uh, it's $10 per kid. But it goes to it Sojourn go Students, so yeah. hallelujah again. Hallelujah to the yeah, student ministry, all right? Back up. So, groundwork's been laid. All right. Terry, My intro name? us. My name is Terry Coffey, and if um, I haven't been to the 9 o'clock, so hi, 9 o'clock people. I haven't seen a lot of you, maybe ever. Um, <laughs> I'm usually watching CBS Sunday morning right now because I am uh, An old a, a senior citizen stuck in a middle-aged <laughs> body. Um, if you have seen, we just want to explain, my maiden name was actually Coffey also. That, I don't just have a stupid Facebook name. It is really Terry Coffee Coffey. Um, <laughs> It was spelled the beverage way first. Yeah. And my way was spelled the upholstery way. Uh, if you've tr traveled by a coffee upholstery. <laughs> the tow truck way. I don't, that, I don't know that place, but I always... No relation. Always, or the tow truck company. Yeah, no relation. So I really am Terry Coffee Coffee. We have been married 14 years. Um, I think there's a picture of us. That's yeah. us when we got married in 1973, but then we were... We time traveled. Yes. We've only actually been married 14 years, but there involved. was time travel involved. Yeah. Um, that's us. Uh, we have three kids. Um, they're not here because we didn't want, I didn't want to be embarrassed by them. So um, 
Anyway, so today we're just going to answer questions um, that you guys have submitted. Uh, lots of really good questions. Uh, we want you to know that just because we look like those sweet Instagram models that we are. Uh, <laughs> on the outside on and the inside. Yeah. Um, we have our own dysfunction. We're not perfect. We've gone through a lot of you know, conflict and uh, seasons of our marriage. And so we're just up here just trying to figure it out with you guys. Um, I'm not going to bring up a lot of our dysfunction. If I were, I would tell you that in the past year and a half, Lachlan called and asked me if my name was, if my real name, <laughs> this happened, was is really Terry or if it's Teresa. Like he did, he, like this was a phone call that was made like, hey, is your, I'm just clarifying, is your real name Terry or is it Teresa? I'm really, thank you for not bringing that up. Uh, my real name is Terry. I think if I... This has been on many birth certificates. I, so, if, I mean, if we were... If I was forced into a corner to, like, bring our dysfunction into this room, and I'm not going to do that, but I would highlight that Terry has no process for doing laundry. It's just... There's no rules. It's just when you do laundry, where... How you do laundry. Like, sometimes we're doing laundry in the den. Sometimes it's in the kitchen. Sometimes it's in the bathroom. It's I like just like there's no rules. You just can't... Creativity you, and health. You have to have a process. Oh, I, d I don't have a process, and I'm okay with that. But also, just, I'm going to just say one more thing. I'm stressed <laughs> right now about it. There is this daily, Lachlan has a system of, I think, exorcism, but it's through sneezing. <laughs> and he like, oh, it makes me so angry in the pits of my soul right now. Um, it's really loud and really mean, and there's lots of fluids involved, like crimes. I feel like I have like crime scene cleanup people yeah. for your sneezes. Yours, I kids. hate your sneezes. I hate yours. Okay. <laughs> when she sneezes, she, she always sneezes like there's a fly went into her nose, and then she like bewitches her nose. You know what I'm talking about? Bewitch thing from the old show, and it drives me. I've never wanted Lachlan to punch a kitten. Lachlan does not like the Beatles, like the like the Beatles. I told you, I told he, you not to he, say he, that one. He hates it. I told you not. To. Uh, Terry can't read analog clocks. She has no idea. If it's got an uh, hour hand and a minute hand, it's, who knows what I know how to do it, but I think I had a traumatic second grade experience. Yeah. And some feelings come up, and then I shut down. I can't can, do it. Can I see you in the kitchen for a second? <laughs> All right. Hey, we can't. We got to move on. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> um, so we have dysfunction. Um, honestly, Lachlan recently told me that there's a lot more things that annoy me annoy him about me now than ever before. <laughs> I was trying to be cute. It wasn't cute. Okay. So anyway, we're going to dive in. We're going to just try to work some of this out. They're All not right. complete thoughts, but let's go. First question. Batter up. All this right. This one's a softball, softball throw. throw. My marriage is terrible. Please help. All right. So easy. Uh, <sighs> all right. So we're going to work through a series of questions. Um, this is the first one, obviously, and it's, it's a doozy. Uh, I think it's foolish to think that a lot of people can't relate to this question right mm -hmm. now in this room. Uh, that's the reality of the situation. I think one of the things that we see from the very beginning of time, I, I think about back to Genesis 3, we see basically God saying marriage is going to be hard because sin has entered into existence. And ever since that moment, it's trickled into our marriages and it's affecting. And all of us have different shades of... Uh, terribleness of our marriage I, that's not right but no, it's right. some of us are in different places of seasons. difficulty yeah, of marriage yeah. and also different seasons of marriage one of the first things that terry and i asked 
we ask couples when we sit down with them and they're saying, hey, our marriage is not good. We say, where are you at with the Lord? Because that's the crux of a faithful marriage. It's like, if you're not right with the Lord, then your marriage is going to be off. And so, and just for a moment here, we're primarily going to speak to two married people that love God, all right? Um, there are people in this room right now that are married to non-Christians, people that are anti, maybe anti-Christian or apathetic towards God altogether. That's in a different, in a different um, place. And let me just highlight one thing for this, and you might have some thoughts on this too. But, you know, if you're married to a non-Christian, the most important thing about your marriage is that that unbelieving spouse knows the Lord. And that's what we plead for, and that's what we beg for to God. Uh, we pray fervently for that. If, but it is not, how can I make them a godly husband? Because they aren't godly. They don't know God. How do we do that? I, I remember I worked at um, Max and Irma's. You all remember that place? They had a plate. They had a burger. It's literally called the Garbage Burger. It's like the worst name for our hamburger. Anyway, I worked there, and I remember this uh, this server that did not know the Lord used the Lord's name in vain. And this Christian guy said, not "Hey, you. not you, not me." This other Christian guy said, "Hey, you can't do that." And he was like, "Why?" He was like, "Cause you you can't take the Lord's name in vain." But I don't believe in the Lord. Like it was just like. Duh. <laughs> and so, so, like, point being, we point can't being. make our unbelieving spouse, like, our goal is not for them to, tr- to their expect, the expectation is they're not going to treat you like a believing spouse would. Yeah. Um, so, we want you to pray and pray for your spouse's heart. Bring people, bring your friends, family, ask them to pray. Like, and that's, that's super loud. number one priority. You're allowed up here, but not, maybe not out there. Um, so, a lot of it, we're talking about two Christians that love the Lord, love each other. Um, you know, this is a cheesy image, but I don't know, Bobby, you want to throw that image up? The marriage triangle. I always get so nervous about showing cheesy images, but they're good, and we need to, like, redeem cheesiness, <laughs> right? For Jesus. Um, but as the husband and wife both have relationships with God, they are growing in faith, maturing in Christ, just as Galatians 4 calls it. And as they are maturing in Christ, they're both growing closer together as a result. Um, so this is maybe one image that might be helpful uh, to you. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and go back and listen to those sermons uh, from Bobby and Jonah. I think they laid out a lot of our the difficulty in our marriage, we think, comes down to um, uh, communication and expectations. So um, if we aren't communicating our expectations with one another, or if we have like misplaced expectations, even on our believing spouse, um, going back to our spouses don't complete us. And if we're looking for completeness and someone who cannot do that, you're going to be dissatisfied. You're not going, that's not going to be reached. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of tools that are helpful. One thing that's helpful for a marriage and in, in, in all of your marriages, in our marriage, in our marriage, singular, one, uh, just the one that we have, we, is self-awareness, knowing who you are as a person and knowing, and knowing who your spouse is as a person. And guess what? Mo- a lot of men, your s- spouse is not you. Like, amen? We keep trying to make them, and we're frustrated because I'm talking to them about something, and they're not responding in the way that I want to, but it's because they are not you. You know what I'm saying? It's like d- no doy, yeah. as someone Homer. said. I think Homer. Yeah. Um, Socrates said. 
It was either homework or soccer team. Yeah. It was one of those. Um, there's a lot of tools. You know, one tool that's helpful, we're going to get some eye rolls right now, is the, you know what I'm saying, Pastor Jonah, Enneagram. It's something called the Enneagram that's been helpful for us. Some people it's not helpful. I don't really care what tool you use as long as you're just self-aware of who you are. What makes you tick? I, you have a great explanation of the Enneagram. I do. Uh, I forget what I said, but um, <laughs> it has been a really helpful tool to, um, for self-discovery, for being a student of one another. Um, I think we were finding in conflict before, like I, a lot of times we don't know why we're reacting the way we are. Um, and that was a tool that um, Lachlan would come to me with conflict, like ready to rock and roll, and I would shut down, like, like blank stare shut down. Um, through like some self-discovery, or I have super fear of conflict, uh, some abandonment issues, and conflict, um, like it would be over like laundry mm -hmm. or whatever dumb thing, and I don't know all what's going on inside of me, but what's going on inside of me is just like run, run, run. Um, me being able to communicate that to him, and now he knows me better, he approaches me in conflict in a different way, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I know how to approach her, which I did in the beginning of our marriage. That's part of growing in being a husband or being a, a wife. Um, the other thing is having regular check-ins with your spouse is critical. Like, we just had one on Friday. We literally went to Heine Brothers on State Street. They're we always sat there. They always start out very awkward. Yeah. Like, can I check in with you? And we basically were like, hey, something is off right now. I feel weird. I think some, you know, where are we, where are we out of kilter here? Mm -hmm. um, so... Kind of cutting those um, before we get to the point of our marriage is terrible. Like, is our marriage getting ready to be terrible? And how can we, like, preemptively engage on not getting there? There's um, a lot of marriages where they wait for everything to blow up, and that's when they check in. That's way that's, too late. And like, in our marriage, that's where I completely shut down. Yeah. So if we can go get and, ahead of it. Yeah, get ahead and uh, do those check-ins. Also, I think, you know, all those things start coming up. Your expectations. Uh, your thought process and sometimes you say things and then you're like okay when i say that out loud that sounds not right. like you start to i don't know it the mystery of like your frustration sort yeah. of starts to melt away i think in this i'm just realizing i just noticed this was up that the, the enneagram for Aww. those that don't know it's like a you, it's like a you take a test and it tells you what kind of personality and how you you know some some things about you and this is just a funny thing about trick-or-treating in the Enneagram. It tells you there's nine different types and yada, yada. You can go Google it. Um, the other thing is community is so important in a marriage. Uh, man, there's a lot of you that are withering on the vine right now in a, in a troubled marriage, and you're not talking about it. And it's not going to just magically fix itself, I think. Um, I think you need to bring in people to love on you as a husband, love on you as a wife, love on you together. Uh, Community is critical to a healthy marriage. And if, I mean, professional help is also uh, a very useful tool and available. Terry and I, we have a pretty healthy marriage. We have lots of dysfunction and all that stuff. But we've sought professional, paid, paid people to tell us what to do. And it's been a it, hugely beneficial for Sacrifice us. whatever you have to sacrifice. If you're at a point where, like, the most important relationship that you've committed to for a lifetime you're asking why is my marriage terrible sacrifice whatever you need to sacrifice to see someone 
who has who loves the Lord and has spent years upon years to help you work that out. Like there's zero stigma. We will tell you all about all the lovely counseling that we've had. Um, do it. Yeah. All right. Next question. Practically speaking, what does headship look like in a healthy, godly marriage? All right. Another uh, doozy of a question. Headship is something, and we've wrestled with this over the last two weeks, um, that headship is something that's so distorted. Uh, there's so much incorrect information, I would say, about headship. Um, I'll say a couple things on this, and I, I really want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. But the Good headship. For, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for example. Uh, you're, what's going on with your mic? I want to help you here. Okay. I'm going to talk and help her at the same time. All right. So first yeah. off, headship. I'm going to squeeze this. Uh, headship. <laughs> sorry. You can't do two good. things at once all of a sudden. Headship uh, is something that is, it's beautiful when it's done right. And it's terrible when it's done terribly. All right. Uh, but God has given us a beautiful image of headship. And we've talked about the last couple of weeks that, um, one thing that I'll note is there. I had a thought that just left my brain on it. Is do you want me to talk? Sure. Okay. Sorry. Um, I'll say that what headship looks like in our family is that we don't really talk about headship a lot because I think Lachlan does it really well. Um, I feel super loved. I feel super empowered. I feel um, like my opinion matters. That he wants to know those things and. So if there is a point where um, we have a difference of opinion, um, it's real easy to follow someone who you feel adored and loved by. Um, I don't know that we talk much about like headship because I think good leaders don't tell you how good of a leader they are. You know what I mean? Um, I'll, you want me to Kind of give an example. Well, I was just with even like thinking, our moving example. Like one thing that just to say it, if anyone's quite curious, is the husband the head of the family? Yes, that's what the. And when we read the Bible, that's how the Bible reads to us. Is he the it all, beat all, steamroller of the family? You know, club the girl by the, I mean, hit the girl by a club bam, and bam. drag her by the hair. You know, no, he's not. That's not a good head of the family. Um, but what does headship look like? I mean, you know, I mean, at one point, I remember we made like a big decision. We lived in Louisville. We had to make a decision to move what to do with our kids because they were getting to that age of schooling. And I brought up, what do you think about moving to Indiana? And I was like, boo! <laughs> and she started throwing tomatoes at me. Uh, no, but she grew up in Shelbyville, Kentucky. She didn't grow up in Indiana. I grew up in Indiana. And she was, she used to say, don't ever, Asked me to move to Indiana because I'm not going to do it. Not happening. And then, but I brought up, what do you think about Indiana uh, moving there? And we had a dialogue about it. I didn't say, we're going to Indiana, and you're coming, kicking or screaming, uh, kicking in, screaming, or, or and, and or. or. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and Terry was, we dialogued about it and we wrestled with it together. Mm -hmm. I invited her into that conversation. And I, I as a result, obviously, we're in Indiana now. Uh, but and it I'm, was because... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel like it was something that uh, I was forced into. It was a decision that he invited me into, and I was able to, like... I don't know. It's, it's more of a conversation. I feel like, you know, men are to take their example from Christ, who loves the church, lays down... And 
God invites us into relationship with him. Uh, Lachlan invites me into relationship with him. And we don't do every, he doesn't do it perfectly. I don't fall under his leadership perfectly. But um, husbands, if you, if you're, if you're bringing up headship a lot, uh, there's probably something off. You're probably, like, again, good leaders don't tell you that they're a good leader. Um, follow me. Like, yeah. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about submission? Because I think that's where. Yeah, so we'll tie into submission get. with this. Uh, I, again, because those words aren't set, I think our terminology, we kind of like, we hear those words. And for women, I think, you know, you hear submission and you're like, Mm-mm. you know, like <laughs> it, it sounds negative. Um, when I think about headship and um, my husband, goal to love me like Christ loved the church Um, and for me to submit to my husband as the church is to submit to Christ well what's the hardest thing for me to submit to the Lord is his truth about me Um, and so I think submission isn't always about like um, Lachlan saying this is what you know this is what our grocery budget is and this is how I want you to uh, what I want you to do with the kids it's him speaking truth to me and me submitting and believing those words. Um, Lock, I am often like, I, I don't think Debbie Downer, but I just, I, I, I think very little of myself a lot. And for Lachlan to say, no, you are smart. You have value. You have something to say. The kids love you. All these things. And for me to not fight against those words, um, but to submit that like, he is loving me well, and I'm going to step into that truth about me. Um, and that's really hard for me to do with the Lord. The Lord says, I love you particularly, Terry. It's not because I love Sojourn and you're in that group. It's because I love you, and I think I've made you specifically. I'll cry right now. Like Those are hard words for me to submit um, to my Lord about, and that's where I struggle that's where I struggle with Lachlan, when Lachlan, you know, yeah. so. Um, but it's a much healthier view of submission and headship, as you can kind of see how we're talking about this now. Um, you know, just to highlight this even more, you know, there's the next question. Um, do you do want I, to just? Yeah. Do I always have to obey my husband? Whenever we have a disagreement, it always comes down to my husband telling me it's my Bible duty he leads I follow. Uh, I had some, like, Hulk out reaction to this question like it's the most kind of cartoon situation um our anger shows us something and i was angry about this question and i think i'm real sad for my sister uh when i read this uh i've not cried about this at first i want to address like that i'm sad for you and then I think to, if you are, has, I don't know, we don't know who any of these questions came from. If you have a twinge in your heart that your wife could have written this question, um, you don't know how much God loves you and how the Lord pursues and cherishes you. Um, and you are showing your wife a really uh, wrong uh, example mm-hmm. of how Christ loves her. Um, 
So my prayer for the husband, if you are a husband who thinks this could be your wife, is that you would know how cherished you are by your Lord um, and that you would see him as not like a dictator over your life, but someone who invites you into a relationship, who wants to know you and care about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in turn, you might do that for your wife, um, that she might, uh, that it would be life-giving to be your wife um, and not life-crushing. That's a life-crushing mentality, and it's life-crushing as the, you know, marriage is a picture of Christ and his church. That's not a picture of Christ and his church. There's just so many distorted views of headship. You know, there was someone that submitted a question. Again, we don't know who, uh, so everything's anonymous. Um, But someone said, hey, I don't like doing our finances, but because I'm the head of the family, I'm supposed to do our finances, what do I do? I mean, that was the gist of the question. And being a good head of the family means you might not need to do the finances for your family. Uh, it's just kind of, you know, you're free, brother. You don't have to do it. Uh, so hallelujah, praise the Lord. Uh, we have, there's just such a better understanding of headship if we just really fix our eyes on Christ mm-hmm. uh, and see him as the head of the church and see what that dynamic looks like. Um, so, uh, yeah, any other thoughts on that, Terry? No, I just want, you know, I want all of you to, I think I just want us to look at, look to Christ, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, next question. I feel, I feel all this pressure to come home after work, after working all day and be able to pull off Bible studies with my wife and our kids. And yes, I know about right now media, Bobby, uh, <laughs> I know about right now media videos that we can watch, but I still get the sense that my wife wants me to be like the daddy in our home is like a little church book. Uh, The dad is the pastor, but I'm not a pastor. Maybe I'm just lazy and I need to be confronted for that, but it just feels like too much. We're all in this boat, right? We're all in this, right, church? Like, I mean, I feel like this. I'm a pastor here at Sojourn. I feel like this. I could have written this easily. Uh, we all are in this boat, and so let's just address this not just to the, to the husbands in the room or the dads in the room, but also to the mothers and wives as well. Um, you know, there's a few years ago, Terry and I, we read some blog before Christmas that it's really good to do Advent calendars with your family, and we have three little kids, and so we got an Advent calendar, and we had little chocolates. We typed things we up. Typed, we had a Bible verse for every day, and we were going to, you know, sing carols and release doves into the sky and you know and then it was like day one the kids weren't listening and they loved the chocolate part of the time and then day two we, fit, we never the first started time we gave them uh, chocolate first which yeah. rookie mistake there it's it was we gave debacle up. debacle is those, the word i would use i don't use debacle except for this it. moment those typed up passages are still in that same advent they always calendar. find them every year they're always they're like, like we've never this? done like, this oh, what's yeah, this about uh, we are kind of terrible at I, you don't like when i say we're terrible i'm like superlative we have potential girl. um <laughs> we have potential to be terrible at like structured stuff like this I <laughs> potential to be terrible um we are not good structure people yeah it That's work. not true, but it doesn't. It did, that it didn't work, work for us. It yeah. worked for the person that blogged about that. It did not work for us, and that's how it is with all of us. Again, going back to who are you? What makes you tick? What yeah. do you like? What do you not like? 
how terrible are you? <laughs> or how much potential of terrible do you, yeah. you have? All that. And expectations. Yeah. Uh, I think some of this lies on, I'll say, a life-giving thing that Lachlan said to me once. And I think this culture still sort of exists in Sojourn. We've been around since the beginning, and there was this like ideal Sojourn wife. And I don't know if that was from Sojourn itself or from me or I don't know, but I had it. And it was, this is what a Sojourn wife looks like. You get married and you can work for a little bit and then you have kids and you stay home with those kids and you do lots of amazing activities with those kids and you bake bread. Friendship bread. Friendship bread. <laughs> if you, has anybody had that starter on their <laughs> counter for like four years? That was me. Um, I did not like that. I wasn't good at it. I am... Uh, I, I don't do chore charts well. I don't do cleaning charts well. Uh, and Lachlan, I also struggle with depression. And if you want to uh, like get knocked down into that is to like feel real disappointed in yourself a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and Lachlan said, I am not interested in you being a Sojourn wife. I'm interested in you being you. Um, so I don't bake friendship bread <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Um, and I went back to work. And, you know, like our life looks very different than this expectation, whether it was from me or from whatever. Uh, we have friends who their lives look very much like that because that's what they like to do. And they have a really amazing marriage and family. It works for them. Yeah. Some of those things just don't work for us. Well, and the, the other point on this is like, I mean, you say, but I'm not a pastor, but yes, brother, you, you are, man. You are, you're more of a pastor than what you know. You know, the Bible refers to us as the priesthood of believers. And so we're all pastoring each other in some way. It's just, we have different roles in the church. Um, but as far as your family, yeah, you're pastoring, whether you want to or not, just so you know. Uh, so there's plenty of passive, truly lazy pastors in the home uh, mm -hmm. that are not aiding their family. They're not helping their family thrive but rather probably doing the opposite in a lot of ways. But you have to figure out what works for you. And so for, for us, like, we don't do, I, I don't know, and maybe we, I kind of want us to grow in this a little bit, but we don't do a lot of, like, Bible Bible studies with our 12, 9, and 7-year-old. But we do a lot of talking about God. Our, the way that we do a lot of engaging, like, in godly activity is literally engaging with them in their hearts. Like, what's going on? Or in the middle of conflict when your kid is, like, losing their mind. Like, what do you think God's trying to show you right now? Like, actually engaging with them with uh, helpful, godly questions mm -hmm. and teaching them about godly things. Um, we, do, we, we sing and pray every night. Uh, we have a little pattern of doing that as well. But we started to figure out what works for us and what doesn't. And, I mean, this is another great place for a check-in. Uh, wife, That's what is your word. expectation for me when yeah. I come home from work? Husband, what is your expectation for me? I don't like, I don't want to do what you're expecting me to do. How can I still like, like, you don't just say like, no, I'm not doing it. Um, but engage with one another. Like, yeah. how are we going to um, point our children to Christ in a way that's like authentic and is you? When we've tried to do some of these things, I think our kids know, like, what are we doing right now? This is not, this is not mom and dad, but yeah, um, yeah. We're, so like, we're like sneak attack. People. The first Redeemed Marriage coming up on September 13th talks about healthy rhythms of marriage, and we'll kind of get into this more. But yeah, so check that out. All right, next one. Is it okay to be a stay-at-home dad? 
Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's fine with us. I mean, are you a good dad? Are, yeah, are you a good dad? Are you just wanting to ask this question because you really want to play Xbox a whole bunch? Or yeah. is it about really being a stay-at-home dad? These this are the is, questions. Good for a check-in yep. uh, as well on this. This is good stuff to wrestle with your spouse on. Um, but yeah, brother, you could stay at home. Uh, we have several friends who the dads are stay-at-home dads, and that is like... It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Like, it's good. It I don't sense. think... I never read the Bible and go... Dads can't stay home. I'd never see that in the Bible. And I am all for if someone wants to, you know, I guess make, try to make an argument for that, but I don't see it. Um, the question behind the question on this, it goes back to, hey, I'm supposed to be the head of the family. Should I be working? Because that's what the head is. And again, we would say that's not, when the Bible's talking about being the head of the family, it's not saying that you can't be a stay-at-home dad. That's not what it's saying. Like use wisdom and love. Um, does it make sense for you to stay home? Does it make sense for your wife? To, does your wife want to work? Does that make sense? Does she, is she like boss lady killing it? And she loves doing that and you are awesome, you know, at pushing your kid on the swing for 17 hours straight? Yeah, do that. Yeah. Um, and we like to always say too, like all these big decisions, they don't always have to mean forever. Like yeah. I stayed at home with our kids for 10 years and huge blessing, but it wasn't forever. Like, yeah. I got to a point where, like, uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of ready for something else. And so we recalibrated. Yep. All right. Next question. Should your spouse be your best friend? Also, what should friendship with others look like for married couples? So should your spouse be your best friend? Is your spouse cool? <laughs> yeah. I guess How so. cool is your spouse? It will, and we'll rank it. Uh, you know, I mean... I don't know, when we start questioning like best friend or not and all this stuff, I'm always like, I don't know, what grade are we in? You know, like, uh, I, said, I thought we were done with MySpace, like top seven or whatever. <laughs> that, yeah, do you, does anyone have oh, a spouse man. that's like, I better be number one on your like speed dial phone? And uh, you are number one on mine, <laughs> just because I was worried that if you look, yeah. Anyway, I don't know if it's the best, you know, how this works, but like Terry is a one of my favorite people in my life ever. She's one of my best friends. But I also have other best friends. And this best friend is different than this best friend. She doesn't want, I love talking about punk rock music and indie rock music. I grew up going to the scene and loving all these punk rock bands. I cannot she, listen to any more Thrice. Yes, she doesn't <laughs> want to listen to Thrice anymore. And I want to listen to Thrice. So I have to go talk to other people about Thrice, you know? That's a band. And, and then she loves talking about Pinterest. I, I have a login, a username, password to Pinterest. I don't know what I'm supposed to do on it. I've been on it, and it's, uh, it's scary. She needs people to yes. talk about Pinterest with. Pinterest with. Why did you choose Pinterest? Pinterest. I don't know. It popped in my brain. Um, and I need punk rock people. <laughs> we need to have, we need to be friends, all right? You need to be friends with your spouse, right? Uh, so and if you're not cultivate friends, a friendship yeah, you got to cultivate that. Friendship. And you have to find all of you guys got married to each other. So there's something kind of common interest. All right. We've I, had like a several things where we like go through seasons of this is our this is frisbee our thing. was our thing. We for had a frisbee. While. We had scrabble. That did not last long. Crossword I, puzzles. I can't read. You know what we're killing right now? Survivor. We've been <laughs> killing Survivor, Survivor for 15 it's, years. Yeah, it's great. We're great at that. We love that show. All right. Um, um, friendships. Other. Yes. Other friendships. Oh, um, I, it's very important that your spouse is not fulfilling every single friendship need that you have. 
that is a lot of pressure um, to be, I think, you know, Jonah kind of went down that list, like, I'm going to be your accountability partner and your lover and your best friend, and I'm going to know, like, ooh, I'm, I can't be that to him. Uh, I don't want to. Um, and then, but it's important that we have close friends who are speaking into our lives. I have a group of girlfriends that I talk to every single day through, like, text, um, who I talk about stuff that I don't talk about him with because he doesn't care. Um, and then that can be, you know, let down expectations. If, if I'm trying to talk to him about like, I really want to wallpaper this bathroom cause I like design. And he's like, I don't, I don't care what the words that are coming out of your mouth right now. <laughs> um, I don't care. I do care about the words. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other friends. thoughts on that question? And then also have friends as couples. Yeah. I would say that's, that's important too, that you're honest with, yeah. uh, uh don't just have friends that you go out to eat with, but you don't talk about anything. Um, that's not, I mean, it's fine, but it's not helpful. Yeah. Um, that's a hard, that's a hard dynamic. We were talking about like the wives have to like each other. The husbands have to like each other. These people have to like each other. Um, we all, yeah. We, what are the odds that all four of us enjoy each other? It's pretty slim. Uh, but it, if you could find that, man, it's magic. Go with it. All right. Smother so them with your, smother them. <laughs> don't lose those people. All right. Two more questions. What is Sojourn's stance on divorce? Uh, this is a huge question that a lot of you guys have right now. Um, and we don't have the answer right now. We're not going to get into it right now. I'll just say this. We, the elders are actively involved in this question right now um, to bring some clarity to our people. And I need you all to pray for us. I plead with you to pray for us for wisdom, that we would use God's word to discern how to answer this question in the most God-honoring way for our people. And so we're in the process of this right now. In the coming months, I don't know how quickly, but we will be uh, talking to uh, the Sojourn members. Uh, it'll probably be at a member meeting where we kind of like speak about this topic because it's very, very important to our church and to the big church as well. All right, last question. Why do we fight all the time? Why do we fight all the time? Some of you guys are in marriages right now where it is just ongoing. You're in silent mode right now. With You came here in silent mode, all right? Uh, I, well, we've all been in silent treatment mode. With I was going to raise hands to see if, if all of us, I'm pretty sure it's 100% that we've all been like silent treatment mode, but it happens. There is conflict all the time, and a lot of it, I think, happens because we do put these false, crazy expectations on our spouse that we shouldn't. Um, you know, one of, the psych, one of the things we talk about with couples a lot is this cycle that happens. And this is what I think causes a lot of conflict. It starts somewhere around here, but you'll see I'll start at the top, where there's a, the husband is providing a lack of sacrificial love, as Ephesians 5 calls us to. We're not sacrificially loving our wife. She responds in a negative way by not giving us respect. And ladies, the Bible is right on this. Like, men want to feel respected. It's crazy what it does when, my wife, when I feel like my wife respects me. But if she's giving me a lack of respect, then I respond in a terrible way by not giving her sacrificial love. She responds, so on, so on, so forth. Okay, the cycle has begun. We find that this is usually, like, unintentional. Yeah. Um, a season of life, like... You're tired. You have little babies. It's hard to sacrifice and love when you've no like had like. No one's intentionally trying yes. to do this. I, I, I hope not. You if know. you are, you're t 
you have the potential to be terrible. No, yeah. we all we all have that. <laughs> but um, yeah, but somehow this starts, and until someone in the marriage disrupts the cycle, it continues on. And what we do, and all of us can probably relate to this, is we're all like, I'm waiting for her to disrupt the cycle, or I'm waiting for him to disrupt the cycle, but I'm not disrupting this cycle. Uh, and so the cycle goes on and on because we're both waiting for the other. And what I want to encourage you is someone, ideally, either you, step into it, but husbands, as the head of your family, break the cycle. It Break it. Break it as quick as possible, and by God's grace, break it. If you do that, it changes. Now you're providing sacrificial love, and she's responding positively with respect and adoration, and you're responding back with more sacrificial love, and so on and so forth. Now we're in a good pattern. Um, but a lot of fighting and conflict, uh, it emerges because we, this is what's happening. Um, and again, we'll spend more time. We'll have a whole redeemed marriage about conflict in general, and we'll give you tools and thoughts and ways that you can combat this in your own marriage. I think we should kind of note here, too, that if the fighting is over something that's a little bit, like, heavier or harder, um, it's not like you're just like, well, now I'm going to sacrifice and everything's, like, there are consequences to sin. There is, like, a rebuilding of trust and love, and just because you do the, your, like, act of sacrificial love doesn't mean she's immediately like, oh, back on board, you know, whatever. Um, it can be, like, a hard, like, it's, it's painful to clean out wounds. Um, that's, it's not easy. It is good. Um, but this isn't just like a simple, like super simple, but it is super simple. And then it so takes time for the wounds to heal. Yeah. You know? Uh, so it's not overnight either. Uh, all right. We got to move on. We have covered a lot of stuff this morning, and there's a lot more to unpack at these redeemed marriage events coming up. Listen, if you're not married, but you want to be married one day. Um, Sorry about this. <laughs> Did yeah. we scare you? Yeah, I hope, I hope it's helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a, there's a thing in society and even in the church where we want to present this pristine marriage uh, perspective where it's just rainbows and unicorns of marriage. And I hope this kind of gives you a little picture into a, a grounded reality. Uh, provide some expectations that are more grounded. You know, there's those commercials on TV where you see like the two old people in bathtubs in their front yard. Have you seen that, those commercials? And I've driven all over the place. I've never seen a married couple do this. I've asked Terry, can we do this? And they don't want, she doesn't want to do, do that. that. This is much more of a grounded reality, a grounded picture of what marriage looks like. And so I hope it's helpful uh, to, to you. For those of you all that are single and you want to be single, all right, it's your choice that you've decided, I just want to be single. I want us to be a people that can love on you and encourage you and not always bug you about who you date, who are you dating and when are you going to get married. But I also want to invite you into the married couple's lives in this church. You think you have no voice because you're single and you've never been married. That is not true. All right. That, you know, smells like smoke must be from the devil, as my granny would say. Uh, you are invited to ask questions, to encourage, to love on these married couples. Play a role, play a more active role in their lives as well. Um, lastly, for those of you all that are married, fight for your marriage, all right? Culture and society will tell you that the first sign of trouble, get out of Dodge as quick as possible. But God will say, lean in all the more. And why? Because he's saying, I leaned into you when all the conflict happened, when you hated me. I leaned more into you than ever. 
We need to fight for our marriages. Something sparked you and your spouse together. There's some flame that happened. I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, I understand the temptation to think that that flame is withering and dying. And I'm not saying that it's not hard. I'm not saying that it's roses and rainbows. I'm saying that it's worth fighting for because you have a chance to be a testimony to the world. If, if God is saying that your marriage is like an image of Christ in the church, then you are literally walking around with your spouse as a testimony to the world, preaching the gospel every day and night. Take advantage of that. Look at the night when Jesus was betrayed. He's betrayed by one of his dear friends. Keep in mind the amount of times that you and I betray him as well. You know, it was 2,000 years ago, the night Jesus' death sentence was issued. He gathered his close friends together, and he had a meal. During the meal, he broke bread. He said, this is my body, broken for you. He also took a cup, and he said, this is my blood, shed for you. He said, whenever you eat this bread and whenever you drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me. For Christ one day will return. And whenever you eat this, dread, this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim that truth. For, friends, although it was Judas that night that betrayed him, we have all betrayed Jesus, right? We've all betrayed him. We've all said and done things we wish we hadn't. But Jesus did not give up. Quite the opposite. Jesus leaned in. He pushes in more. The book of Romans says that the more we mess up, is nothing more than an indicator of the amount of grace that God has given us. And that is what we are mindful of this, this morning when we take communion. So in a moment, we're going to take communion. There's going to be stations in the back. There's one in the front. There'll be gluten-free station to my left, to your right. Um, you just come up, break a piece of the bread off, dip it in the wine or juice, whatever your conscience permits. The wine's marked with twine. If you're not a Christian today, I want to invite you. I mentioned it at the beginning. The Holy Spirit is doing something in this room and what is he doing with your soul right now? Today is the day of salvation. You, my friend, are invited to know the Lord today. All right? Don't wait. Today. Um, you could talk to one of the pastors or anyone, really, that's up front at the end. Um, let's pray, and then we'll have communion and worship.